This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au Alright, let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you. We celebrate every good thing that you have done in this church. We give you all the praise and glory and honour that you deserve. Because in the end, God, this is your work. We thank you for the way that you have been powerfully answering prayers this year, that the way that you've been moving people from death to life, the way that you've been helping people make ordinary everyday decisions to put Jesus first. God, we want to honour you for that. We pray now as we look at your word in Psalm 66 that you would open our eyes to see wonderful things. Help us to celebrate all that you have done in our lives and in our church. And we pray this in Jesus' strong name. And God's church said... Amen. This is Psalm 66, uh, and it says here, the heading, to the choir master, a song, a psalm. This is what it says. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Sing the glory of His name. Give Him glorious praise. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies come cringing to you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man or humanity. He has turned sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. Who has kept our soul among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You have brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, yet you have brought us out to a place of abundance. I will come into your house with burnt offerings. I will perform my vows to you, that which my lips uttered and my mouth promised when I was in trouble. I will offer you burnt offerings of fattened animals with the smoke of the sacrifice of rams. I will make the offerings of bulls and goats. Come and hear all who fear God and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried, I cried to him with my mouth and high praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would have not listened, but God has listened. Truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. What a powerful, powerful Psalm. I don't know if you remember those, um, those infomercials for cosmetics. If you've seen them on late night television, you'll remember there's a very tried and tested formula to all of these infomercials. And one of the strategies is a strategy of testimony, of witness. And the testimony comes in two forms. The first is the form of a celebrity and the second is the form of an expert. And so the celebrity will say, I have used this product, it's amazing. It has worked for me, it's changed the world. And the point of that is that you would watch the TV ad and go, oh, Kendall Jenner uses this, oh my goodness, I need to buy it, right? That's, that's the point of the, the celebrity endorsement of this product. This has worked for me personally. And then they roll the expert out and the expert says, this works for everybody, not just Kendall Jenner, it works for everybody because of these scientific reasons like micro bubbles and uh, you know, all, all sorts of like green algae infused, whatever it is that they put in there, apparently it's all scientific and it works for you no matter who you are. It doesn't just work for the celebrities. And so there's this dual witness and testimony. And the witness of the, uh, the, the testimony of the expert says, this is universally effective. Everyone will receive these results. The witness and testimony of the individual is, this has worked for me personally. 
Now we see a similar dynamic, although all less kitschy, uh, happening here in Psalm 66 because Psalm 66 has this interesting flip that occurs in it. It starts off as a corporate worship song, much like we've done this morning, calling the whole of the nation of Israel, in fact, the whole earth, to praise the Lord, to shout His glorious name. And then in verse 13, it flips And all of a sudden, instead of using we and us language, it becomes first person. It becomes a personal praise song. And so what I want to do this morning is draw out a couple of things for you. But before I do that, I just want to say this. When it comes to faith, when it comes to the Christian faith, it's not simply enough to give personal witness. It's not simply enough to say, hey, this works for me, therefore everyone should worship the Lord. It it works for me, therefore you should believe what I believe. It's not enough to simply say personally that this is true. You see, Christianity is not just personally true, it's actually universally true, that this is effective, this is true for every single person who walks the face of this planet. And what Psalm 66 will do for us this morning is it will give us corporate objective reasons for why God ought to be praised and then it will follow with personal more subjective reasons why God ought to be praised and what I want to draw your attention to this morning is two invitations here in Psalm 66 two invitations to come and to see or to come and to hear what God has done you'll notice the first one there is in verse 5 Come and see what God has done for all humanity. And then secondly, in verse 16, come and hear, come and listen what God has done for my soul. Two invitations to come and to bear witness, to see what God has done in history and what God has done personally. These are the objective and subjective witnesses to the work of the Lord and His work is awesome and amazing. And both of these serve to stir our affections for God and to whip up our worship towards Him, that we would respond. You notice the psalmist responds with worship and we don't bring cows and bulls and rams and sacrifice them on an altar anymore. But according to Romans 12, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice of worship to the Lord. And so what I wanna do this morning is remind us of these two things. Come and see. Come and hear what the Lord has done. The first you'll notice there is in verse five. Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of man, towards all humanity. Come and see what God has done. What has God done? Well, the psalmist takes us back in verse six to the Exodus. He takes us back to the time where God's people were in captivity, held as slaves under the harsh rule of Pharaoh, forced in labor to slave day and night, to build bricks, to build Egypt. And they cry out to the Lord and He delivers them. He rescues them. If you remember the story, God will send 10 plagues against the Egyptians to force Pharaoh's hand to release his people. I'm sure you'll remember the songs from Sunday school about, you know, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, release my people. And and, and so God... twists Pharaoh's arm, he releases the people of Israel. They literally take everything they have, they wander into the wilderness and they end up at the edge of the Red Sea in a cul-de-sac cornered with the armies of Pharaoh bearing down upon them to either slaughter them or, you know, at worst, or at best take them back into captivity and make them slaves again in Egypt. And what does God do in that moment? God steps in And he does a miracle. He, in fact, parts the Red Sea and allows Israel to walk through on dry land. Now, yes, I recognize that if you don't come from a worldview of a God who has created all things, that sounds ridiculous. But we believe in a God who, with a word, created existence. Like with a word, he spoke existence into being. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And so the mere parting of seas that he has created is a cinch for God. Right? And we, so we have no problem with that as Christians. We have no problem with a miracle because we believe in a God who stands above and beyond outside of the world, who made everything and is powerful. And so we read in Exodus 14 that God is the God who sent a strong east wind. He used natural means to part the Red Sea. And we read there, there were, there were two walls of water on each side and Israel walked through on dry land. That's crazy. 
Now I can imagine if you were there, if you were a part of the original um, people that were fleeing Pharaoh's army and you saw the Red Sea part and you were walking through, you, you would you would manage that trip was fairly hasty, you know, as you were trying to get through the, the, the passageway there. At any moment, this could close over. You, you're rushing through. And if you're a parent, you imagine what that's like. The kids are like, look, mommy, a Nile perch. And you're like, hurry up, get through the tunnel before the water's closed, right? God has done this incredible thing to rescue his people. And we know from the rest of the story that as Israel walks through and Pharaoh's armies come through the Red Sea to pursue them, the waters close and God redeems and rescues his people from the hands of a wicked Pharaoh. And so the psalmist says, praise God for what he has done in rescuing his people from certain death. Look at what God has done. His deeds are awesome. He has parted the sea. He has saved his people. But what about us? What objective evidence do we have that God has done anything for us? Well, we don't look back to the Exodus. In fact, we look back to an event that happened after that and not at the edge of the Red Sea. We look back to the place of the skull, the cross at Golgotha where Jesus gave his life. You see, God rescues us from our slavery, our slavery to sin. God rescues us from being trapped by our own inability to do anything to take a life that it was spiritually dead and bring it to life. He has rescued us. He has sent his one and only son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, a life that you and I couldn't live, a life of a perfect obedience to the Father. And then he has sent his son to die on the cross, a death in our place, to take our sin upon himself, to set us free, and then to gift us his perfect obedience that the Father would look at us and no longer see our mistakes and our brokenness and our sin, but see the perfect obedience of his son. What God has done in the history of humanity is to send his son to rescue us an objective event that occurred. These things are universally true. This is what God has done for all of humanity, not just for individuals. And that's what makes Christianity distinct and different from every other faith and worldview today. You see, almost all of the faiths and worldviews today say you need to believe on the basis of some subjective experience that this person had. Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, had a dream with special glasses on and he wrote it down and you need to believe on the basis of his personal vision. Or Muhammad, the founder of Islam, had a vision from God and you need to believe on the basis of his personal vision. Christianity is different. Christianity opens itself up to the scrutiny of history. And it says, these things took place in history. These are events that were real, in real places. The geography is named, the political leaders are named. They happened. We believe this is real. And Christianity stands or falls on the evidence of history. So it makes it different from every other faith or worldview. That's why no one is called to believe. That's why Jackie and Margot, as they declare what God has done in their life this morning, aren't calling you to believe on the basis of their subjective experience of what God has done in their lives. We call you to believe on the objective evidence of what Jesus has done, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection from the dead. Everything in Christianity stands or falls on whether or not those things actually took place. In fact, Jesus has an encounter with one of his disciples called Thomas, who refused to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. A quite normal thing, because people generally don't rise from the dead. He says, unless I see, unless I touch, I will refuse to believe. And Jesus comes to him and gives him the evidence that he so desired. He says, Thomas, see, touch, reach out your hand, put your fingers in my side, believe. And we have the eyewitness accounts of those who first saw the risen Jesus that we would see what God has done for us, that we would hear through the word what God has done for his people. And so that's the first invitation. Come, come and see what God has done for all people, every race, every nation across this world. This is how God has acted in history to rescue us from our slavery. The second thing is a more subjective and personal invitation. There in verse 16, the psalmist says this, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. What has God done? 
The psalmist bears personal witness and testimony to how good God has been for him. And what has God done? Well, God has answered his prayers. We don't really know what has happened in the background of this psalm for the person writing it, but we know there was a season of trial. We know there was a season of difficulty. We know that this person cried out to God and said, God, would you help me? We know that that person made vows to the Lord that if he rescued them, that they would come and offer sacrifices. And so they did. We know that God has answered their prayers. And secondly, we know there from the end of verse, verse 19 and 20 this, truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. God has personally been at work in the psalmist's life. Answering prayer reminding them that his love for them is steadfast. It remains, it will not go, it cannot be removed, it cannot be taken away. And the response is worship, is praise because of what God has done. Now it's not naive, right? You'll notice there in verse 10 to 12, there is this real moment of trial and difficulty. That whatever's happened in the the context of this psalm There has been a season where God has tested them. People have come against them. And yet God has brought this person to a place of abundance. We know that's true for Israel. Before Israel ever experienced the blessings of the promised land, they spent 400 years in captivity in Israel. This is not naive, right? This doesn't doesn't turn a blind eye to the pain and the suffering and the difficulty. And, And that's important because some of you have had a hard year. For some of you, this year has been a difficult year, a difficult year of mental health, a difficult year of struggling through sickness and illness, a difficult year with young children and no sleep, a difficult year because of lack of employment and finances, a difficult year because of family dysfunction and brokenness. Some of you have had a difficult year. That doesn't discount God's goodness towards us. It doesn't change what he has done for us in the cross in Christ. And it doesn't mean that his love has been removed. It is steadfast and enduring. You know, corporately at least, we have seen the evidence of God answering prayers for us. We believe that God was calling us to step out, to take a risk, to send the Santiago's and a core team of people with them to plant a church, not really knowing how it was gonna work, where it was gonna be and how we were gonna be able to afford it. And all of those years ago, three years ago, the team at Whistler Bible Church started to pray. And six months ago, we started to pray and God was orchestrating an answer to that prayer to forge a partnership with two churches across the globe to lift up the name of Jesus. We have seen God answering prayers this year. We have heard your testimony, your stories of how God has been working in your life. What has God done in our church this year? Well, let me just remind you of a couple of things. We have seen people put their faith in Jesus for the very first time this year at Anchor. We have seen people loosen the bonds of addiction in their lives, things that were trapping them and chaining them. We've seen them set free. We have seen people make changes in their lives, small but radical steps of obedience to put Jesus first. We have seen a new Mums Gospel community launch this year And it has exploded so big that it's almost the size of a small core team for a church plan with like 17 mums and 20 something kids. We've seen God provide us meeting space for that GC. We have seen 11 new babies born this year. 11 new babies, which means that according to our meal roster, we have blessed all of those families who have had new babies with about 230 plus meals for three weeks. We have provided meals for those families to bless them in the first three weeks of their adjustment of family life. And we celebrate that. We have seen 6,000, this is my rough estimate, 6,000 dinner plates filled with yummy home cooked meals, cooked by love and set on a table as people have enjoyed gospel community together. We have seen over 600 gospel communities meeting together together 
sorry, 600 meetings, not gospel communities, meetings, meeting in living rooms filled with laughter and joy and tears and celebration and proclamation of the gospel and sharing of struggles. We have seen over 10,000 attendances at our church services so far this year. We've had 104 sermons preached and of those, some of the most significant sermons came out of our VU series, that series on mental health. We know that you were blessed by it. It was the most significant response to a sermon series we have seen. And in fact, all of those resources were uploaded online and we've had close to 2,000 downloads, listens and watches of those messages as people have heard the good news and have found hope in their time of need as they've wrestled with mental health. We've launched a residency program. We've stepped out in faith to plant a church and we have seen the never been to church, the used to go to church, the kind of go to church and looking for a church all come and find family here at Anchor Church this year. And God has been at work in our community. What about you? What has God done in your life this year? What has God done personally for you? Well, I want, I want you to share that. We're gonna have an open mic time. I'm gonna hand over to James in a second. We want you to share how God has been working in your life to stir our affections and that this church would lift up a shout of praise to God for what he has done. And so James is gonna come sit here, hand this mic around. We want you to come up. If you are here and we've tapped you on the shoulder and said, please, would you share the story? We want you guys to come down. Some of you have got incredible stories of how God has been at work. And we're going to lift up the name of Jesus and celebrate all that he has done. So how has God been at work? Over to you guys. Alrighty. I'm going to have a seat here. And a nice intimate family moment. And why don't you come down if you have a story that you'd like to share can be something big, can be something small. There's nothing small. And so Molly went down. Why don't we give Molly a round of applause? I'll go first. Okay. Um, So a little backstory. Beginning of this year, my best friend moved to Scotland indefinitely. More friends moved to the UK, Europe, everywhere. And my anxiety comes from the fact that people leave. So I thought 2019 was going to be not that great, to be honest, um, but it's turned out God has worked. He has a really good sense of humour, I always say. Um, at the beginning, in the middle of the year, I went to Europe, uh, which was awesome. Um, got over my fear of flying, which was amazing. And just how God worked in that whole experience. Like, I ended up in situations I never, didn't even plan on, and I'm a planner. And I went to my best friend's church in Scotland. It was a Hillsong church plant. And they'd been going for two years um, and got to know the people there. It was really encouraging to the point where I was speaking to the pastor afterwards. He's like, oh, where are you heading afterwards? I said, London. He's like, how long are you going for? I said, a week. He's like, do you want a free ticket to conference? I was like, awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, And conference, like you guys were saying earlier, it was like the massive drop in the pond. And I feel like my life changed forever from there. Um, And then... I met up with Nicole and Miriam, who are from Anchor, and I had never thought of a church plant, never thought I was going to be in a church plant, um, and they just asked, oh, where are you going to be in five years? And I said, I'll be at the Anchor church plant. No idea why. <laughs> um, and then ever since then, came home two weeks later, Arnardo announces in our GC he's going to be in a church plant. I was like, what? Um, so I was like, God, you're funny. I didn't think it was going to happen that quickly, um, but yeah, it, If you know me at all, I'm a massive warrior. Don't like talking to new people. Um, And the fact that I'm not anxious at all um, about starting a new church plan, getting in the start of it, is just, that's all God. That's not me. So, super grateful. So good. Who's next? Be shy, we're gonna be here for a while, so. I'm pretty chill, like the music's playing, I feel totally relaxed, so. Brianna, come on down.
Yeah, just want to take a minute and celebrate what God's done in my GC, Newtown Gospel Community this year. Um, probably two big things. The first one is we ran two dinner parties this year as a GC and watching what the Lord did with that, those was just amazing. So both times we saw so many guests, way more than we anticipated, come and see what it's like to be part of God's family and hear a little bit of yeah, what we believe. And we've seen huge fruit from that. So part of the blessing there was being able to reach our community and seeing our, our GC be really brave in that. But also a huge part of it was seeing our family love each other and serve together and grow in that. It was just such a joy each time to come together and work together for the Lord uh, and see people use their gifts in that way. And then the second thing, which is kind of connected, is I had the privilege this year of seeing a colleague come to faith. Um, yeah, it was amazing. Her name's Axie. Um, and the fact that my gospel community prayed for her faithfully and supported me as I prayed for her and spoke to her, um, they love her and they have seen her through me, <laughs> um, through my stories about her, they have seen her move from death to life this year. And it was just amazing. Like it was completely out of the blue and one of the craziest conversion stories that I've ever had the privilege of being part of. Um, yeah, so celebrate that God is saving people and doing that through our gospel communities. Maddie, come on down. And if, you, if you're thinking about sharing a story and you have one and you're in the middle of the aisle or something like that, maybe just as, as people are sharing, just start to come out so that we can kind of, we can pump through these. I know there's more than two stories in our whole church community, fam. So Maddie, over to you. Um, just a really quick backstory. So this is Onslow. Uh, he's about eight weeks old. So he was four weeks early um, when... We went into the hospital, we didn't think anything of it. Um, my wife didn't feel any movements, so they said to come in. So we went in and they did an emergency C-section. Um, and God gave us this amazing gift. Um, they said if we came a couple of hours later, he would have passed away. Um, so that was one amazing story that has God got our back. Uh, the second one is, um, so halfway or about a month before Onslow was born, um, I came to the end of my job and then the Anchor family sort of gathered together and they've offered me jobs, they've uh, given us gift vouchers uh, for food um, and then, yeah, just people offering their time to give us food uh, after he was born, it was amazing. So, yeah, thankful for that. Brad. I've got uh, two things I'm really thankful for this year. Um, first one is actually Brad Koderman, who's on stage. Um, this is the first year I've been leading East GC, and the support at Brad's provided not just myself, not just Eliza's hiding backstage there, um, but all of the GC leaders is immense. Um, from providing resources, uh, training, uh, meeting up one-on-one, -on -one, I'm just so thankful for you, Brad. Um, I love East GC, they're all sitting here in my front row. Um, Jackie's getting baptised later on, I'm so excited about that. So that's number one. Uh, number two, I have to really call out for production team. Um, like, I, I know what I'm involved in production, but we rock in every Sunday at 7.30. You've got no idea what state the venue's going to be in. I think the highlight this year was when I rocked in, it had been a boxing max, match for the day before. And all the lights were all pointed onto the stage and it was chaos, but we made it work. And I think for the other week when all the projector wasn't working, we were hauling TVs onto stages and things like that. Um, the team does such an amazing job behind the scenes and very rarely does they get seen. They don't get seen when it goes wrong. And so I'm so thankful for the work that the team does. And so um, it makes this church happen. So thank you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Woo.
Matty. Um, so mine's a, a thanks and a um, and an ongoing prayer. So a friend of mine who I've had since year 11 um, took him to the Introducing Jesus course at the start of the year. And he comes from both parents are scientists and staunch atheists. He, has, he is too or was. Um, and through the process, we've had conversations and he's moved from where he believes that there is a God. He believes that Jesus is real. Um, he struggles with the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, but recently he asked me to speak at his wedding next year. And his reason for that is because he thinks it's really important that my religion is involved in his marriage. So, you know, God plays the long game. And so we just continue to pray for him, but it's just so exciting to see where God has taken him um, from just thinking it's ridiculous to actually being open to it. So yeah, it's a, it's a praise and an ongoing prayer. Yeah. I feel God pushing me to the front because Celebration Sunday last year, um, Carl and I set ourselves a, a deadline to decide whether to go through the journey of trying to have another baby. Uh, we've got two precious girls that we're very grateful for, but we'd longed for a son for a long time after we lost our first little boy. And we prayed and we went to the Blue Mountains Celebration Sunday last year and asked God to you know, lead us in this journey and we decided to try and have another baby um, and then we went through the Deceiver series here in church and we kept saying to each other oh, if we if God blesses us with, uh, with a son we'll call him Jacob and here's Jacob um, here today nice and healthy and we are so grateful Amen. thanks Danny More stories. I don't even know how much time we have. We could be here like until lunchtime. Hi, I'm Jess and I'm um, incredibly thankful for my GCs. Yes, I'm super greedy. I have two. Um, I'm super thankful for my Lilyfield GC. I have never felt more accepted and a part of a family than I have in our Lilyfield GC. They make me a better human, a better um human for God um, and I'm very thankful for the mum's GC on Thursday um, to be completely honest um, the thought of a woman's GC I hated I thought um, to talk about mum things for three hours every week was oh, the worst thing possible um, I thought it was going to be horrific and um, something that I hated um, but I have fallen in love with these women um, they don't just talk about being mums they are God's children first they love God first um, and they want to be his first and that's all they want to talk about um, and the crappy mum stuff is is fifth and sixth down the line and it is amazing to be equipped by these women um, I am humbled by these women um, and oh just Catherine Coneman and oh my gosh that woman and um, Tash and Xenia and how they lead us and that woman who is leaving me um, to go to New Zealand I hate because um, I've fallen in love with her and who she makes me want to be better for God, for my husband, for my children. Um, and these women who, there's something to be said about the church who love your own kids. Um, you fall more in love with your own kids when you see your church family loving them and enjoying them and praising God for them. I am so thankful that I get to fall more in love with my kids because of these women each week. I'm very thankful for them. Thank you, Jess. Thomas. Thanks, mate. Hi, guys. There's so many things I could share about um, from GC to what happens here on Sundays, but just particularly on my heart was um, the gospel care group that ran earlier this year. Um, I actually did it with Jimbo here, a few other guys. There was a group of girls who did it as well under the leadership of Hope and Robin Volpe. 
And they were just such good leaders through it all. And particularly on my heart to just shout out to all that Hope is doing in this church. Like, it's just amazing and inspiring. Inspiring for Chloe as well, who's, um, that's another awesome praise point is Chloe's been able to get, a, get, a, get some work on staff here as a one-to-one ministry director. That's been amazing to see. Um, just go from strength to strength with Chloe. But yeah, all the fruit of the gospel care community was just amazing. And I think like, I just can't recommend it enough to anyone who's considering it next time it comes around. I think all Christians should do it. It's basically just applying the gospel truths deeply to those most sensitive parts of your life, those hard parts of your life, your suffering, your sin. Um, what a powerful course it was. Um, so thank God for, for that. So good. Thank you, Tom. Well, I think we still have time for a few more before we get to Jackie and Margo. Is there anyone else who has something that they would like to share? Yeah, Miriam. Um, so I have two kind of praise points on around the same kind of idea. Um, my dad was diagnosed with dementia earlier this year and really kind of rocked me and my family. Um, so the main thing I'm really, uh, one big thing is I'm really thankful for my GC. I'm not from Sydney, my family is six hours away and anyone who doesn't live at home will know that it's really hard to be away from home when things aren't good. Um, but my GC has just wrapped me in so much love and support and comfort. And whenever I was really struggling, like I couldn't have gotten through this year without them. But the other thing is this diagnosis came um, after a couple of years of like knowing but not being sure and it really kind of consumed me for all of that time and then after we got it I made a decision to just give it entirely to God and just to put my hands up and just instead of being really angry and really you know confused and concerned just thanking God for my dad and thanking him for his comfort and his love and since I've done that um it's just been a weight lifted off. And so I'm just reminded of, you know, God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. And because of God's love, this, um, this struggle completely shifted and to the point where now I feel so much better and I just feel comforted and loved. And yeah, I just want to praise God for all that he does in, in hardship and in trials. Um, I just want to really thank God and celebrate all the kids' leaders. Um, Like Poppy, our daughter, can be an absolute menace. But when she got in today and the song started going and she taps me on the shoulder and is like, can I go to kids' church now? And I'm like, at the end of this song. And then another song starts. And she looks at me as if I'm a liar that there are now two songs. And it's all just to get down there or down there today or wherever it is each week and see the kids' leaders who have become friends to her. Whether we're here every week, it doesn't matter. It's kind of the, it can be the highlight of her weekend. So I just want to say thanks for that. Vuvu. For those who don't know, this is Tasha's mother. Um, hi, I just want everyone to give a big thanks to Matt and Tash because they persevere and they keep leading this church and I see what happens behind the scenes with three strong-willed kids and the toll that takes. Um, but they, they love God so much and they want Anchor to flourish. They're so selfless and giving and, yeah, just bless them and I love them both. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, yeah. I uh, just want to say thank you to my GC. I'm middle of the year. Well, right now I'm still suffering from tinnitus. It's like ringing in the ear. And it's like my GC has been like great, especially Matt and Mark. They've been like helping me and surrounding me with love and, and encouraging me. And also the rest of the GC, Viv. Michelle, so it's been great. So really thank God for my GC and helping me through this. Um, because as soon as I realized that it's tinnitus and it's going on, it's still going on, 
I was suffering with you know, depression and anxiety for a while, but I'm okay now because of God. I'm like, I just can't believe it. Like, I thought it's going to be like really dark hole, but it's actually he's helping me out. So yeah, thank you. Amen. I'm looking to some senior people more than me to get a signal. We'll just do a few more. Hey team, um, at the start of this year, we, we lost some pretty significant music leaders in our, in our music team and it felt like we were, I don't know, we were empty and we didn't really have anyone to um, especially lead us in song. Um, and I just want to brag on a couple of the guys that have stepped up and girls that have stepped up and um, have made us better and, um, than ever before. And I think that's ministered to me more, more than a lot of things this year is just seeing people's heart for service, for service um, that they'll give for go a lot of things and get here early and practice throughout the week and um, put a lot of thought into how to lead uh, us in song. Um, it's just incredible, hey, just that, that for me is just, um, yeah, it's a real testament to the work that God is doing, uh, not only here in church, but in their lives as well. And that's really cool. I love it. Courtney, yeah. Hi, um, I have two praise points. I'm going to echo Isaac with the music team. They're just amazing. Um, and yeah, this year has been pretty um, rough with lots of changes, shifts, but everyone makes it work. If you can't make it, people are there to cover you. And just the absolute love and joy that the music team has for serving God and whether it is that they had a really late night the day before or whatever it was. They're just really happy and ready to serve God and in that way serve you. Um, so that's, that's the first one. The second one is my GC, um, Dulwich Hill slash Annandale. Sorry, we've had a lot of shifts. Um, but this year we had a few dinner, lunch parties and they were really successful in terms of people coming along and just inviting everyone, even if they didn't come, just extending the invitation and reconnecting with people. It was such a blessing to see how God, through simple invitations, just sharing a part of your life, the, how that touches others. Um, and then people recognizing that we're part of this community and seeing the joy and love in that community and also wanting to be a part of that. That was such a blessing. Um, so a really great initiative with the GC dinners slash lunches. So highly recommended. Amen. Tess. Um, yeah, so I, I've had chronic fatigue for almost five years and um, the last year and a half has been quite tricky. Um, I haven't worked or studied or done anything. Um, so that's quite isolating. Um, it kind of takes away a lot of, yeah, your worth and your purpose and, and sometimes that gets really muddled up. Um, and so this last, yeah, year and a half has been like really um, quite tricky. Um, but yeah, I guess I stand up here today, even though there are so many days and I like just had a week of um, just a lot of unbelief um, about who he is and what he's done for me. Um, but even in those times where I've had unbelief, I've also had weeks and moments where I felt his presence so tangibly and um, I've actually felt really thankful to be in this season where I feel like everything's been stripped, um, where I feel like I'm not sure if I'll ever go back to study or I'm not sure um, that a lot of things will happen for me, um, whether it's family or career or work or, um, yeah, all, all of the aspirations and dreams I would love to get around to um, all feel quite distant and, um, I think, I think, yeah, I, I can, even though I have a lot of days, I don't, I don't feel like it, but I can stand here and, and say that this year he's really taught me that, um, 
he's good. He's really good. Um, whether he heals me or not, he's good. And um, yeah, just feeling like having all of these things kind of stripped away and, and not knowing if I'll ever get to them or not knowing if um, I'll ever be healed or whatever, or whatever that will look like for me. Um, he's really been questioning me with, okay, if I don't get this or I can't make this career or I can't do this thing, I can't serve this way or I can't even meet people in the way that I would love to meet them, um, am I enough for you? And so he asked me that. Um, yeah, I feel like he's asked me that this season and been like, am I, am I enough? Um, and so, yeah, it just reminds me of um, Joseph, even while he was in jail. Um, and he was just waiting there, um, just in a season of waiting. Um, just knowing, yeah, and I think, I think it's hard to... Um, to see that and to choose that and I think I'd only really know that if I had everything completely stripped away from me like um, yeah I think I think that's something that I still haven't even got to the bottom of the barrel of that yet like I still have so much but yeah I think he's just been questioning with um, me with that question of being am I am I enough am I enough for you if you never get any of these earthly things am I still enough for you um, and the answer is yes and um, yeah like I said I have a lot of days where I have unbelief but I also know that that truth is bigger than how I feel and so I've really felt that this season thank you so much Elliot I've got uh, two parts, but uh, first of all, I just want to give a, or say thanks to God for all the work the whole staff team do. Um, it's amazing watching everyone grow in their ministries for the last couple of years, and really excited to see what happens next year with uh, Hope coming on uh, full-time and Chloe working and uh, the residency program, sending Arnaldo. It's just amazing to see all these things happening. And it's not just also that everyone sort of just turns out to work every week, but it's the heart they have for this community, for God for seeing uh, the gospel, God's grace and love spread out across the city. It's been amazing to watch and I look forward to watching it for many, many years to come. Uh, second part is to just uh, give thanks for all the work the Board of Ops has been doing. Uh, I have a small part in that, but just watching the way in which particularly the, the finance team work every week, every week seems of every month uh, to make sure that all the bills are paid, all the lights stay on, etc., all the staff are paid. Um, and again, the heart they have for that, uh, all the work that Ellen and some of the other people around the church have been doing on terms of legal matters to make sure everyone's safe. And it's just been amazing to see that the last couple of years. Uh, I think it just, it just is really evidence of God's grace that every day, uh, he, every week, He gives us all that we need and these people uh, to make sure that this place can run and continue to grow and flourish. And I'm just very thankful for that. Well, so many things to be thankful for, so many ways that God has been at work in seasons of joy and, and victory and seasons of hardship, but His faithfulness still stands. And I just encourage you guys, uh, you know, this isn't the only opportunity that we have to share stories of God's faithfulness. We're in community, we're in each other's lives. Uh, and we have that opportunity to be testifying of His goodness and encouraging each other every day that we, we walk on this earth and we do this life together. Uh, but this morning, what we're gonna do uh, in a little while after we respond in worship is we actually have the privilege of seeing Jackie Willing and Margot be baptized this morning. And so what we're gonna just do right now is uh, we're gonna hear from them as they share kind of their stories and things that they have yeah, prepared to, to share um, with the church family and visitors and loved ones, those who are here this morning. Uh, so I'll invite Jackie and, and Margot to come over and get Jackie to share first and then Margot. Morning church fam. So I just wanna start with saying that um, I believe this story is not my own. I believe that it's God's story because it's by Him and it's about Him um, and how He has continued and will continue to love me um, 
as a broken person because of the salvation that His Son has washed over me, which we're going to see sort of a symbolic version of later. Um, so just to, for context, I'm, God blessed me um, with a beautiful and big family. Uh, and though they wouldn't call themselves Christian, um, growing up, I was absolutely wrapped in their abundant love. Um, taking care of our family was value number one. Um, but still from a young age, um, I believed what mainstream culture said about God um, and the Christian faith was all a bit of a ludicrous fairy tale. Um, I kind of pitied Christians that they needed to seek meaning elsewhere when I had it um, in my family and in those values. Um, and even in the midst of this arrogance, uh, through high school, God still called for me to love Him in real, very real ways. His presence was very close as He guided my family members through illness in high school. And He drew me to seek comfort in a friend's youth group just on a Friday night um, that I would visit regularly um, and be encouraged by um, constantly. Not that I would ever recognise that, um, I was scared to let God have some kind of glory or dominion over my fabulous life. Um, and in this brokenness, I think my value for family became corrupted by my sinful pride. Um, I think that we all struggle with sometimes. I loved to be loved and loved by many too. Um, it felt really good to be surrounded by that. Um, so good that it became my idol. Um, I'm a serial people pleaser uh, and a bit of an emotional chameleon too. Uh, every conversation, every interaction, I was trying to articulate a version of myself that was less, that felt uh, least threatening and, and most wholesome to the person that I was interacting with. Um, and despite what God had already tried to reach out to me, I was too busy looking for other, looking to others to look for Him. So I continued to shut Him out and shun Him even, um, one of the scoffers in the crowd at the cross of Jesus' feet. And then I came to university and God continued to work in my heart and use my weakness as His strength. I was looking for people to love me. And so He surrounded me with people that loved no one more than Him. I ended up at a Christian college at university because it was alcohol free and academically selective, um, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> um, I chose it because I thought it would um, boost my opportunities for high achievement and greater love from people. Um, but instead, <laughs> Christ used it for His purposes as He does with His sovereign plan. Um, I, got to, um, I got to watch my friends, friends that I love deeply, and so many of which have joined me here today, um, profess Jesus as their King. And suddenly it really didn't seem so bonkers after all. Um, I am loved unconditionally by our God in heaven. Um, and our Father, just as I am. I don't need to seek anyone else's approval or change myself or make myself smaller or being in, in control of any situation because He has worked through my entire story even when I didn't know it. Even after I put my faith in Him, He led me to serve, um, have the privilege of serving in roles at college where I couldn't be loved by everyone, where I had to be um, a figure that um, was tough sometimes. Um, and in all of that, He just pushed me to trust Him even further. Um, I loved our theme of dependence at prayer night this week because it's that kind of a surrender that I've struggled with myself, but it's a surrender that we make today as we get pushed into the baptism water and come out again alive in Christ. And I'm so grateful to do that surrounded by this family, my blood family, and my college family, um, and by most of all, our Father in heaven, who still walks with me and will walk with me every day from here on out. Um, my name is Margot. I'm part of Anash 
aka Dalit Shaw, GC. Where are you, Jono? Yeah, 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 you know, you know. All right. Um, when I was eight, um, my parents divorced and I ended up living with my mum. We started going to an Anglican church um, and this was between aged eight and ten. Then between uh, 10 and 15, my mum and I were a part of a Christian commune. Um, and then between 15 and 17, we were a part of some other just normal churches. Throughout all these experiences though, I never felt accepted or seemed to fit in amongst my peers and others within the church. I also felt that the church experience was judgmental, hypocritical, and fake. This led me to the point that if this was what being a Christian was all about, I didn't want anything to do with it, to do with it and I was over it. And I wanted to do the exact opposite of what I had been subjected to from this Christian life. For the next 20 years or so, I tried to fill a void with things that gave me temporary fulfillment. I was also trying to run and escape and suppress my past, which had left me angry, bitter, hurt, and suffering other issues. I lived my life the way I wanted to and uh, I was aware of the consequences, but I didn't really care or mind much of that. I reconnected with a woman I knew from the commune. Her name was Susan O'Brien. And after a series of events which occurred, uh, Susan, I met up with Susan and a lot of other people I knew from either the Anglican Church or the Commune. This was pretty hard. And in September of 2015, one of those events which unfortunately ended up being the funeral of Susan's husband, which um, stirred up a lot of emotions for me. I ended up staying an extra night and I went to Susan's church on the Sunday where I felt compelled to recommit myself to the Lord. After that funeral, I came back to Sydney and Susan mentioned she would stay in contact with me. One phone call not long after that, she asked me had I looked up going to a church. I personally wasn't keen on that. She told me of someone from her home group that she takes. Um, the word anchor had come up and then someone else followed on from that and said, there's a church called Anchor and it's in Sydney and that was when you guys were still in Erskineville at the Pack Theatre. Susan knew that I was living close to the Pack Theatre at that time and she told me that uh, I should go and check it out and that it wouldn't hurt if I did. Reluctantly, extremely reluctantly, I uh, finally decided to check it out and this was close to Christmas. Since then, through Hope's Gospel Care Group, counselling and some of the services speaking to me, 
I have come to believe that I am redeemed, forgiven, loved and accepted by God unconditionally. I am his child and a bride of Christ. This journey and experience has not been easy. In fact, it has been a constant struggle dealing with things that I hadn't dealt with for a long time. This week while preparing for this, I reflected that I needed to accept my life, even if it's complicated, messy, and all the rest of it because this is my story, this is my song, and slowly God is working through me, healing me, and I can praise him. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jackie and Margot, for sharing so honestly and vulnerably. And this is, this is the story that God's writing. And this is the family that we get to belong to. So in a little while, we're gonna baptize these guys outside. But before that, what, what is a better way to respond to everything that we've heard, everything that we have shared? and everything that we've celebrated. You know, you can cry when you're with family. You can be vulnerable. And so we're gonna respond by worshiping God and praising Him for all that He's done. So I'm gonna pray as the band comes on and uh, then they're gonna, they're gonna take it away and lead us as we respond. Pray with me.